So welcome. This is um, the first of three parenting panels. Cameron has a, and the youth ministry team has put this together. And I'll take executive privilege um, to say where I've been the last few days, just to really kind of brag on a friend of mine, um, Cameron Cole, our youth director. Uh, it started in a, as a conversation in between he and Frank Limehouse up in Frank's study several years ago. Uh, in, 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 uh, and Frank said, Cameron, what would it look like if there was something for the whole church that would really take seriously the gospel, the good news for, for sinners uh, in youth ministry? Because as an ex-youth minister, that's not exactly what is out there is the soup du jour in youth ministry. It's usually how to do, you know, how to, how to reach children where they are, how bad pornography is, or here's a way to increase your youth group size, or how to lead a good mission trip, or what's just a lot of how-to, 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 and not much of this has been done. Um, and then from that was grown something called Rooted, um, and it started about six years ago where the first one was here, and I think 22 people were here, and we just got back yesterday from Chicago, and there were over 250 youth ministers with, um, uh, I mean, some really, like, top drawer speakers. I mean, like, no kidding, like, international, like Don Carson and Scotty Smith and David Plant and Cameron Cole was the last one to speak. I mean, I was just so happy to know him. It was just like, you know... Go Cameron, go Advent, and just go Gospel. It was really, it was really great. So there's the end of my executive privilege. Glad y'all are here. Um, this is the first of three weeks of parenting panels. In a minute, I'm going to ask everybody up here with me to introduce themselves, and I'm just the moderator. Um, uh, next week, Cameron will be here, and it's on how to effectively kind of embody, live, share the Gospel with your children, and then hopefully Mark. Jeanette will be here the last week to do something a little bit different about how to teach your children. Um, this morning is about prayer, um, how to pray with your children. And I thought we'd start in a well-known part of Deuteronomy, which uh, uh, does two things to me as I hear it. It's called the Shema, in fact, and we're going to recognize part of it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. Um, and it's one of the great, possibly even um, the greatest prayer in Judaism. Um, the Shema, uh, which starts with, Hear, O Israel. So it starts with a promise. Um, the Lord your God, the Lord your, is one. And then it's um, probably one of the greatest summary statements of the law. So here's the law and the gospel in our language. And so it starts, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So observant Jews will actually do this. They're called flacketries. And you'll have those little pieces of the scroll, and there's actually the scroll with the law of God, with the Torah, that'll be inside, and it'll be hanging from their foreheads on the tassels of their hair, and so they take it very literally to, uh, to talk about this when they have the, the times of prayer, when you get up and talk along the way, when you have, when you have a meal, and when you go to sleep. But what about us? For those of us, how does this move with Christ very much front and center from a word not of oppression? Because when I hear this, a part of me goes... You know, I can't do any of this. I'm just total fail. How do we move from uh, it being nothing but a burden, where the burden has then, with Christ, been lifted, shifted, uh, properly displaced onto his shoulders, 
fulfilled and then obliterated, where Christ is the end of the law, where now, in fact, we're free. Where something with the, like the great tagline for, for our program called um, Faith and Family, where this becomes actually good news for parents who aren't perfect. How does this move to good news? And I hope that's what we're going to kind of lean into today and in the next few weeks. Um, and so to help with that, here's our esteemed experts. <laughs> um, why don't we uh, take a moment, we we'll pass this down, um, introduce yourself, uh, and tell a little bit about who your children are, um, what ages they are, and then we'll, uh, we'll launch in. And this is going to be question generated very, very soon. So um, that's to y'all to be thinking about what you'd want to ask. Okay. My name is Julie Ogard. My husband Craig is on the men's hike this weekend. So um, I'm representing the old people. My children are 31, 27, and 25. So I can tell you what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My name is Ron Shu. Kristen and I have two children, a 15-year-old girl, uh, Mary Margaret, and a 17-year-old, almost 18-year-old boy, uh, Thomas, who was about to embark into college, which is, which we face with much trepidation. (laughs) And I'm Kristen, um, and I I can tell you that these are probably the years that we have been praying the hardest, I guess, for for teenagers. It's a difficult time, so. Hi, I'm Nancy Womack, and my husband Will, and I have three children. We have twins, age 11, boy-girl twins, and they're in sixth grade, so just started middle school, which I thought was a big time of prayer, so I guess we got more coming. Um, And then a seven-year-old, Peter, so Sarah, James, and Peter. And And I'm Will. (laughs) (laughs) So, Will and Nancy, we'll start with y'all in just a minute. Um, But I'll put this out as a working sort of thesis. C.S. Lewis, who I already mentioned once to us up here, had something he said held on to for quite a number of years now. But he was talking about prayer, because he had a lot to say about prayer. He said, prayer above anything else, let's be clear, um, prayer changes us more than it changes God. I think that's a good word. I think that's a good word for parents. Mm-hmm. We think about praying for our children, because we can pray for them, we can pray with them, we're going to kind of lean into all those different ways. And so I offer that to us too. Maybe we can use that kind of work mm-hmm. towards and away from Will and Nancy, why don't you start and take maybe just a couple of minutes um, each. We'll kind of take a couple of minutes because we want to make this sure we have time to do a lot of questions. <coughs> um, you can speak monolithically for all of us from toddlers through, say, sixth grade or to elementary <laughs> years. Um, what's the challenge of praying with or praying for uh, uh, your children? Praying with your children or praying for your children when they're really little and when y'all are in those years? Praying with them is to get them to calm down and sit still yeah, and fo- focus, focus in. Right. Um, and we, I don't know, we, we don't have a magic bullet on this. I mean, actually, when. What? Wait. Na- <laughs> well, I was going to say. <laughs> well, when Nancy said that Cameron had called and asked us to do this, and I, I thought, I, my first, uh, no, no joke, the first thing that popped in my head was. Oh, there's like a remedial parenting class for preteens, <laughs> yeah. and we've been invited based yeah. on that, uh, you know, what people have seen about. It. So that was, I mean, I'm not joking. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, well, we've got to go to face yeah. the music. But, um, but we, uh, we, um, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that so that word intervention kind of, I mean, I think, uh, um, 
that's something that prayer is for for me you know it's an intervention into my normal state of mind and 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 gives me a chance to confess all the things to my kids that I did wrong during the day and get, you know and stuff like that I, I I make it sound worse than it probably is but um but that's uh, but that's that's something that we that that is good for me in in what we do and just being able to focus on that and um personally uh cultivate thanksgiving mm-hmm. things like that what are you thankful for today the roses sort of and thing. thorns which yeah. I, a friend of mine, Melissa, um, and the kids respond to that really well. Yeah. You know, participating when, when we can get them to focus. They yeah, do that. they do but like we, that. We don't have any. We don't have any standard. I mean, some days we we pray at meals. Usually, usually mm-hmm. we pray at bedtime sporadically. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that has a format. Sometimes it's after they're in bed individually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's collectively. Sometimes it's uh, on the couch, a little devotional time with a devotional book. Sometimes we use the prayer book with the Compline service or the um, you know evening prayer and a few mm-hmm. colics. Um, so we don't have a formula at all, yeah. really. It, I mean, it really varies uh, what we do. So challenge, I guess, being mm-hmm. consistent, uh, g- getting drawing them in, getting focus, and that sort of thing. That's that's my mm-hmm. biggest challenge. Okay. So catch some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, challenge getting them to sit still, be yeah. focused. Um, Consistency is a word I heard. Uh, consistency with a lot of variety. We don't have a formula. We don't do the same thing day in and day out, week in and week out. Uh, we use a lot of different ways. It's a chance for our children to see that we're real. I know it overstated, which I appreciated the overstatement. It's a chance for me to confess to my children all the things that I did wrong. That's a really good word, I think. Or to uh, see me confessing them. Sure, you know, absolutely. That vulnerability of a parent that we're not perfect and we're not expecting you to be. And then the concrete part, thorns and, and roses, uh, to help them think in terms of what's gratitude. The roses in my day, but also the thorns. Um, what was hard. I'll have, a, again, executive privilege, and I'll put that deposit out there. I use that word a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of short and consistent. Um, far and above, long and consistent, or long and inconsistent, or even long and consistent. I think short and consistent because it's repeatable, um, uh, that practice of prayer which changes us, changes the prayer, but also the, the children and in our lives, not talk too much. It's like me yelling, you know, Lord be with us this day, thank you for all that we have, and help us in school, and me at work, and people I meet with, and just go with us, amen. I mean, it's like that out the door. No, <coughs> um, But it's there, more days than not. And so I back that up. It's really good. Thanks. Ron and Kristen, um, speak for the junior high and the high schoolers. Mm-hmm. And assuming your children are normal, mm-hmm. and that would be that they at once <laughs> think that normal. Come in, we're open. Um, sorry, it was an inside joke. <laughs> 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 uh, air quotes, throw me. <laughs> assuming they're normal, which means simultaneously they think you don't know anything and they know everything. But also, at the same time, they desperately need you to be a fixed point in their life. In other words, the consistency of a parent of an adolescent is, 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 is among the most, is foremost. So assuming they're normal, you don't know a thing, impatient, eye rolls, but also they really do need you. And secretly, not too far beneath the surface, they know that. How, you know, what do y'all do? How do y'all approach prayer? You already said this has been a time of, of real prayer for y'all. Well, we utterly failed in all of the consistency yep, and yep, I mean yep. we would we would pray uh, over food you know we generally bless our foods and then 
but we didn't have any sort of like structured, I mean, they would pr say their prayers at night and that sort of thing, but we were always relatively private with our prayers early on. And then fortunately and unfortunately, as they got older into sort of this age, the world starts taking over a little bit um, in that, you know, my uh, grandparents dying mm -hmm. or, um, you know, our son has had several surgeries that were, you know, worrisome going in. So we've kind of been fortunate, I guess, in that we've been forced into wow. prayer as a source of strength, as a source of, uh, of asking for, for God's grace in these troubled times, and as a time for helping to kind of push the faith in a time of need. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wish that, you know, I could say that we prayed all the time whether we need something or not, but a lot of times it was just sure. a reactive thing. Um, in the face of, you know, trouble. And in the junior high and such, there are many sources of this trouble. Well, and I think also, um, you know, we've been really, we really, we did that sex class or whatever that Cameron well, does. But <laughs> yeah, it makes you squirm a little bit, but it was, it was okay. Um, but, but we've been really, I think, open with them about all kinds of things like that from the get-go. So I think a lot of times... Um, prayer becomes situational for us mm -hmm. because, you know, they come to us. Um, our daughter came to us a few weeks ago and said that a couple friends of hers at a football game had been just drunk at the football game. And, you know, that becomes a time, you know, we really try not to be, um, well, that's a really bad person. You know, that's an, an opportunity to say, all right, we all fall short. You know, we all have this, this, you know, thank goodness for God's grace that, um, you know, we can pray for our friends and that kind of thing. I mean, I can't tell you on a daily basis there are things that come up that, um, you know, they come to us about whether it's, you know, friends um, or acquaintances doing drugs at school. I mean, it, it's a it's a brave new world out there. You know, and with one going off to college, we just read the... Um, the Sex at First Sight book, mm -hmm. um, or at least I did this summer, and you know we've really had to have some discussions about that, and and that's um, you know the only way I think you can get through it is just to remind them, you know, pray about this and what's God's plan for you, and remember, you know, yeah. remember who you are and that kind of thing. So a couple of things, um, Ron, as you started so helpfully, again by saying, look, we're not perfect. We didn't do all these things. We're talking about, but then life on life's terms happening. The age of our children and the age of us. You know, the wheel in the sky kept on turning. You know, and, 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 and death and displacement and need really comes around. So that prayer actually comes down to really what the only prayer is is help. You know, that's 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 honest. That's real. Uh, forced into prayer. I mean, Kristen, you picked it up and said, "Yeah, brave new world. All that's happening. Our children." As they grow up, they grow out, and they get away from us more and more outside of our immediate shadow. We move closer and closer to indirect influence rather than direct influence, and that's appropriate. But it's forced y'all, if this is right, to, to pray. You know, one about to go to college. Pray. You know, they get a driver's license and driver's really license. pray. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Here's a 16-year-old about to get into a tube, yeah. weighs I'm about self. 3,000 pounds, and hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's prayerful. <laughs> so just to approach life prayerfully, much more often they come to you at fixed point, and it may not be, well, let's pray about this, but just prayerfully have that discussion. That's an important word, I think. We uh, A lot of our prayer is prayerful 
interaction with our children. Prayer changes us more than we change God. Thank you. All this is again is to set y'all up for questions. Thank you. Julie, why don't you um, rescue us and give us a word of hope? Either tell us um, uh, wisdom, what you did wrong, uh, or you know what worked. You know what's the word on the other side. Well, I can tell you what works is the spirit of God working in your children, and realizing that even though they're in your house and you think you have control, we really never do. That really and truly our prayer for the Spirit of God to take hold of them and for their faith to become their own needs to start now and because you don't know when that's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to happen when they are five years old or 25 years old. And, um, and it's painful to watch your children have to go through that process. And I think college and after college years is when you realize this child has to make their own decisions and they have to, and, and you don't, you, you've done everything you can. I think the sobering word for me is that you take that child to college and you think, I'm finished. You really are finished teaching. Um, I had a friend whose daughter was going through a difficult time and she called me and asked me, the daughter asked me some questions and her kind of hurt her mom's feelings and she said, Mom, she said, she said, well, why didn't you come ask me? And she says, Mom, I know what you think. I need to know what Mrs. Ogard thought. And so, and that's where your children are. They're not going to come, like you said, your children are coming to you in high school. They're in college. You go weeks and you don't know their friends anymore. You don't know the parents of their friends anymore. You don't know who's driving the car that night. You, you don't know anything. And um, so, pray, so, so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's really hard. <laughs> but, but, and you have taught. You've done, you've done your teaching. And so, um, yes, yeah, so prayer does, it changes you because you realize that God is the one who is in control of that child's life. And you pray diligently for them and um, take the opportunities that you're given. A lot of times it's midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning when they want to talk, if they want to talk. Um, and, other, and, and so you pray diligently for them. I would, um, one thing I think Craig and I learned because of having them out of the home and you don't have that chance to pray before meals or pray before they go to bed or whatever, um, God began to give us scriptures at different points in their lives, at different times. Every child was different. Every child was going through different things. But to pray scripture for them was just so important. Um, sometimes it was just even the blessing that Andrew uses over the little children. You can use that blessing all the time. Um, things that Paul writes to the churches, his desire for them. Um, so many of those things equate to what you want for your children, their growth, their strength, for them to stay away from evil forces. Um, so I think praying scripture is really important. In order to pray scripture, you have to be in scripture. You have to be reading the word yourself and asking God to show you. And mo most of the time, Craig and I are praying different scriptures for our, you know, he'll find something that, that he'll share with me and I'll be praying something for another child. And, um, you know, and they've gone, we've gone through the gamut. And, um, um, but God is very, very faithful. And it is, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing your children turn and believe that God is who he says he is and to claim that faith for themselves. But again, we don't get to choose when that is. So that is. Thank you, Julie. So 
sobering word. When they leave, they really are gone. Um, that your teaching is done. You really put the finality on it. That was um, a very stark reality for you. When you drive away from you know, Auburn or Tuscaloosa or New York or wherever it is, they're really out. Mm -hmm. You don't know who their influences are, who their friends are, what they're reading, you know, what they're hearing, all that. But then tying that back, as you started, that it really forces you to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That the promise that we read in Deuteronomy, which begins with a promise, Behold, hear with the ear the word of the gospel, the word of good news for those of us who aren't perfect, that the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. Mm -hmm. The personalness of God, his livingness, and that he works to unify and to bring all things about. The Lord is one. And that you're not alone, even though you're around indirect influence, mm -hmm. that you're not alone. It's a great word. Thank you. Thank you to all. That was really great. Um, so now, questions, thoughts. Um, what a uh, we're gonna get blind for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what's out there? How would you want to pop up here to this esteemed group? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm Draw. not very familiar with the whole roses and thorns thing. Okay. With, uh, I have a three and a half year old daughter. Great. In traffic, and we say something, and she goes, "That's a bad word." Yes, I'm sorry. You know, does, but she's very honest, I guess, about things. But I'm just, I don't know. It's very inconsistent. Prayer with her. She, we pray at meals, but very inconsistent at night, like, like y'all. Life. Yeah. Life's busy at times. I guess it's just the roses and thorns and maybe being mm -hmm. vulnerable um, to your child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, how? So how about that? Recorder, Will and Nancy, roses and thorns, being vulnerable to your child. Mm -hmm. um, you have a young moralist out there. That's normal, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Black and white. Yeah. Right, wrong, good, bad. You know, mm -hmm. Mom, dad. You know, very <laughs> different issues. That's very normal. That's mm -hmm. good. How do you deal with it? Because it can be like, oh, it's just so tiring. Well, you want to give the roses and thorns? Well, the roses and thorns, a friend here at the church we were in small group with told us about it when our children were little, and we thought we loved that idea. Um, we d we Now that they're older, we don't do that all what the time. Problem? But what, what it is is the rose is something good that happened that day that you're thankful for, that you want to thank God for. And the thorns are something bad that happened that day, either that you did or that maybe happened to you. Um, Sometimes we would kick it off, um, mm. and sometimes they were ready to go or fighting to be the first <laughs> to share. And then it got to be a battle of who had the most roses and who had the most. <laughs> so it's you have never to create some house rules. Yeah, on the number so of thorns allowed. one. We'd start yeah, out with one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. It's pretty basic. It's a structure. It's a structure. I think in a way it's it's earlier with it's easier with young children because you have a bedtime routine and this, you have to worry about homework and all this sort mm -hmm. of thing. You can kind of build it into that, um, and it's gotten mm -hmm. more haphazard, I think, as we as we've gone along. But mm -hmm. but at least they internalize that, I think, yeah. and get to kind of get used to the idea of. Um, you know, giving thanks and, mm -hmm. you know, confessing or praying for needs and, you know, stuff that happens, you know, grandparents dying, 
friends with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, the we, hurricane hitting Mexico. Yeah. We were praying mm-hmm. over that at dinner with yeah. the children. Just Stuff like that. So anything that, that comes consistency up. Consistency in that structure that yeah. roses and thorns, also called high-low. Mm-hmm. It's a way to check in. It's really good at dinner time, uh, bedtime. Yeah. It's good. And one thing that's kind of come on our screen recently um, that may make kind of me see. I hadn't really thought about it. Is bedtime can sometimes be, you know, if there's a lot going on, it's kind of scary because some of the stuff mm-hmm. we pray for is hard. And it can kind of create nightmares. So just to remember that, that's been helpful mm-hmm. in our house recently. I think uh, it may not be the right time to make that deposit. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's that's a very good. The hurricane or yeah. get sick or whatever else. Mm-hmm. What else? Actually, we Great didn't share it with our. That helps. That's a vulnerability. Yeah. That well, that that provides. I mean, the roses and thorns gives a structure for that, right? So it's like my thorn is well, Daddy got angry, you know, and and I let myself, yeah, or something like that, you know, (laughs) and that and so that that gives you a little structure for that and kind of a yeah a a liturgy almost, you know, for for doing that. Um, There's a lot of power in apology to your child. Yeah. 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 I had a little comment about vulnerability. Yeah. Um. You know, it's interesting because I do, I, I have found myself so often, I have a three and a half year old as well, and I find myself wanting to share my faith with her, but also wanting to protect her from, you know, sad things or things, you know, obviously there are things that are appropriate to share with her and that aren't, mm. but on, on her level, you know, and the, one of the best examples that happened in my life, and it's kind of crazy, was she and I were in the car, and we were driving down Montclair, and I was hugely pregnant and very hormonal, and there was a man walking across the street trying to stop traffic, and I thought, oh, God, he's going to get hit by a car. This is terrible, and he picked up a kitten that had been in and I immediately start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it together. And I'm holding her, and I'm, you know, turning away, and I'm stopped in the middle of the road, and I can't, and so of course my three and a half year old is going, Mom, why are you so upset? And I'm trying to push it down. She can't down. see, probably. Yeah. Right, because she can't see what's going on. And I kept saying, nothing, sweetie. Mommy just needs a minute. You know, nothing. And, and I kept trying to push it down. And we were actually on the way to the vet with our dog. And something told me, tell her what happened. You know, and so, and I didn't want to. I mean, I really didn't. I didn't want her to know why I was so upset. And I, I mean, it's just a kitten in the road. But I said to her, there was a kitty in the road. And it upset me so badly because, and I had to explain to her, you know, the kitten had died in the road, gotten hit by a car. But we were on our way to the vet, and we were able to tell the vet there was a kitten in the road, and somebody moved it. You guys may want to go get it. And she was able to see that from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started to go into the vet and not say anything in front of her and try to hide it from her and but still communicate with the vet. But she was able to see this whole thing. And at the end of it, <coughs> I was able to say, you know, I think God put us right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's what the purpose mm-hmm. of that was, was to... You know, for us to go tell the vet, and the vet could help the kitten. And anyway, it, it it ended up in this dialogue between us. And I know she's only three and a half, but me allowing myself to be vulnerable in front of her, mommy's cry, you know, mommy's get upset, mommy's worry, whatever. Not to take it on herself, but mm-hmm. that we're gonna pray about this together, you mm-hmm. know, and and we can see God's work in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that so often 
we want to shield our children from that. And then it's a real awakening when they experience it on their own because they never saw their parents mm-hmm. do that. You yeah. know, so that's a, you know the vulnerability thing. It may start with something really small like, I use a really bad word today because mm-hmm. I got frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, just something bigger like, mm-hmm. you know, mommy's upset because granddaddy passed away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's just as important as anything else. Sure. That um, reminded me of. Oh, go ahead. Well, I've, something I thought of this morning, and I'm glad this brought it back up, is that um, at appropriate times when your children bring up concerns, sometimes I've had stories I've been able to share with them about times I prayed and then the Lord answered it. And maybe it was the answer I was hoping for, or maybe it wasn't. But just that prayer stories in, from your own life. Um, that come back to you at the right moment are really useful tools to show the children how you've dealt with stuff and 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 it's fun to remember some of those stories especially when the outcome was great you know but um, they they remember those they remember those stories and they bring them up at times when I've been weak and they said remember when God did this I'm like oh yeah thank you (laughs) so they learn they're listening so anyway I was just like as our children so um our children are in second grade and fourth grade. And the vulnerability, like the beginning vulnerability of the thing, you know, like that, and like I've not said the right thing or I've not done the right thing, were easier for me in the beginning. But now they're on to us. I mean, they're like, you know, you don't have your stuff together and you make mistakes. But I mean, you know, it's a different kind of vulnerability. Like they see the, the decision, they can understand the decisions that we make that aren't always mm-hmm. the best decisions. And so I struggle with the, I want them to look up to us, and I want them to have morals, and I want them to see that we're a family that, that strives for that, but then at the same time, I want them to understand that we Fail. fall short of that 99% of the time. And yeah. so just balancing kind of as they're getting into their, their own people, making their own decisions and personalities and morals, how do you kind of bridge that gap? I mean, that's really, that's really, that's, I mean, that's hard because, you know, I think, first of all, I'll say the very fact that you're here, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're all doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, just the fact that you care about your children and you pray for them, we do the best we can. I mean, and, and I think you have to show that, you know, when you make mistakes, because, uh, and I promise you, the older they get, they see them. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're very savvy probably much more so than we were when we were kids. Um, they're just exposed to so many things at school and um, things I, like I said, I wasn't exposed to until I was in college. You know, they're seeing now in elementary school. Um, so, I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. You know, that, I mean, obviously, if, you know, I, there are serious problems in some people's homes that they need to work through. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's it's just a daily a daily struggle, <laughs> um, and reminding them that you know there's you know we can try as much as we as much as we possibly can, and it's still not going to be good enough, and that's why we have a savior ultimately. So I think that's the the end lesson that that's we right. can always mm-hmm. point to. Mm-hmm. So, um, Julie, you might have something better to say. <laughs> 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 that's hard. <laughs> It is hard, but it is a great opportunity to show that God is gracious and that um, we obey, we obey because we love Him and He loves us, and He 
forgives us and and that that is the cycle that he forgives our sins if we are faithful and just to you know to repent and so he um so i think that's i think it's a good opportunity to show your show that yes i do things wrong but i i think i understand what you're saying showing that apologizing for being for being wrong but you want to maintain your position of authority mm-hmm. right exactly. you don't you yeah. don't want to negate the fact that yeah. you're like we're on the same level mm-hmm. and say you know but but it is a great opportunity to show that God you know God loves me and, and forgives me because I am sorry that I did this and and I'm going to pray this and let's see what God will do you know and um, and so I think it's an opportunity to call upon God's grace mm-hmm. not as an excuse for doing the wrong thing but as just a gratefulness that he is there and that he forgives us and um, and he will forgive you too you know so um, just trying to find a lesson in that. I think yeah. it teaches yeah. our children then also how to do that, how to apologize when they've done the wrong thing. If we <coughs> catch ourselves sure. and do that, I love that. You know, first time I ever did it, I was worried I'm going to lose face here, but it actually seemed to be a good, strengthening. It did. Rather than mm-hmm. the one other thing I wanted to throw in, I know we're probably short on time, but the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you don't have it for your young children, get it. It's the best thing ever. I love it, and yeah. I love how it shows these stories, like Joseph's brothers. You know, they sold him into slavery. And God used it for good. I mean, that's the worst thing. You know, there are these stories of how God takes awful things and turns them for his greater glory. And that's a dramatic story I threw out there. But but the whole, that whole, the way that one's written, the way that Bible is written is so good with young children. So if you don't have that one, I recommend that one. It's fabulous. Starting even when they're three and a half, they can grab some truth from it. It's a great one. Maybe one more question. One thought not a question, but just, we do, like, we pray generally almost every morning, walking out of the door, and then the little neighbor comes over and she stands there and she's like, she's seeing it happen to um, when she wraps with us. And then at night, somehow or another, we end up in different rooms and it's kind of become our habit. But also, just like, a lot of times, Margaret, will, or one of them, especially Margaret, you know, she'll come to me with something, you know, she's like, well, let's pray about it. Just kind of letting them know that you can pray anytime mm-hmm. it's yeah. the fruit of consistency yeah. call on that um, mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. and hopefully teach them that at a young age when they're in this really bad situation they can call on it mm-hmm. at that time too I say that a lot because occasionally there are things I just don't have an answer for right. I mean really difficult you know things mm-hmm. with thrones or something mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily one more thing and then we'll Sure. I was just gonna ask. We have young ones still, but um, they're all they're all pretty uh, independent. So, what (laughs) what is your response when you have a child that doesn't want to pray with you? Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, that's a challenge. we, uh, we, we stumble over that awfully yeah. all the time because it happens we have a stubborn our youngest one's really stubborn and he can be he's a power hungry kid and so he wants to take control of the situation and we'll just let, say well fine if you don't want to be with us you can go to your room and we let him leave the situation or we make him leave the situation so that everyone else can have that quiet time I don't know that that's the right answer but we've had to do that we've also said no you will sit here and you will pray with us you know yeah. and they're just not also that's also not good so I don't have the answer, but it's a challenge. Anybody have a good answer? <laughs> I've been through the stage of rejection. The, the guy the is totally yeah. out mm. there that's just ridiculous. Huh. 
there's just no faith there, just and angry about God. And I have seen it come full circle, and she's the one that will read her Bible and, mm. and highlight it. Mm. So the answer, simple answer to that is say, God, you gave her to me. I'm putting her in your hands. She's yours. I pray that you will lead her back to you. Mm. And um, give me the strength to do what you would have me do. The word, okay. mm. And that's mm. all. That's all yeah. 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 who doesn't usually want to pray with me, sorry, <laughs> will say, um, Mommy, you didn't bless me tonight. Yep. <laughs> so it does, something sinks in, wow. sinks in. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all. I really do appreciate Will, Nancy, Kristen, Ron, and MC and Julie. Really grateful. You know, it's kind of a vulnerable seat up here to be the experts in how to pray with your children. So, Thank you very much. Not um, why don't we close in prayer? Lord, give us good news for those of us who are not perfect. Again, um, speak to us, free us in a way, Lord, where this would not be law, we would not feel like it's failing. Um, Lord, we'd be free to, in fact, to have confidence. Maybe as Catherine reminded us, that these are your children. Um, we're foster parents. Um, we have been given uh, stewardship of them for a time. Draw us to pray, Lord. We pray, change us, so that we would then be given exactly what is needed for the hour, for the month, for the year, for childhood, for their lifetime. Lord, um, speak and unstop our ears. We beg this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all very much. Thank you all very much.